0: Body and soul. Talk radio at its best. You're listening to
1: Dr. Jennifer Daniels, and you're listening to Healing with Dr. Daniels on the Blake Radio Network Rainbow Soul. It is Tuesday, September 6th, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. I tell you, truth is stranger. And tonight's topic is, your privacy or something more sinister. And So, of course, our favorite person, uh, Mr. Kaplan, the Director of Ethics. Uh, at New York University, has some news for people about the privacy and the sanctity of their medical records and their medical uh, history. And what Dr. Kaplan says, this is Dr. Kaplan, Ph.D., just by the way, you shouldn't announce your business on Facebook, why you should protect your privacy. Now this is really uh, shocking, coming from an industry or a spokesman for an industry that routinely invades people's privacy by asking them, uh, you know, where they store their guns and if they have guns and are they loaded and where are they, uh, for an industry that literally takes off people's clothes and probes into every orifice of their body to say to that person that all of a sudden they have a right to privacy and they should protect it. And an industry that maintains, I won't say maintains, creates electronic health records and disperses the information electronically to just about anybody who wants it, of course, except the patient. So why all this sudden concern about privacy? And so I'm going to share with you, again, this is from, you know, RedScape. Family Medicine, this is the uh, News and Perspective, Drugs and Disease, Continuing Medical Education uh, edition. And so this is uh, what your doctor is receiving in his inbox and what he is being um, instructed, urged, or convinced to convey to you. And so uh, Dr. Kaplan, Ph.D., says, I'm Art Kaplan, the Division of Medical Ethics at NYU Langone Langone Medical Center. And at the risk of being declared a total dinosaur, I want to talk a little bit about how we deal with patients who want to put all sorts of medical information up on the Internet. So how do you deal with patients who want to put all sorts of medical information up on the Internet? The question is, why should you deal with them at all? It's their information. Why shouldn't they make the decision to share it? And as a doctor, why should we deal with it? Because we only deal with diseases. Is putting your medical information on Facebook a a disease? I don't know. Let's see what Dr. Kaplan says. Whether it's on Facebook or other forms of social media, all kinds of things are being posted by patients about their health conditions. Recently, a young woman decided to put up some information about her Crohn's disease. This is very important, so I want you to follow this reasoning very carefully. Those of you who don't know, Crohn's disease is an extremely painful uh, condition affecting the intestines. So, people have gripping pain, like they feel like they're going to die. They have bursts of diarrhea, often uncontrollable. They can even flail themselves. And then it alternates with with, um, spells of severe, almost unbearable constipation. So, this is a difficult disease, and it makes your life really awful. And sometimes people can have as many as 30 bowel movements a day, sometimes none. And so it's, it's a very difficult situation for a person who has it. Okay. So this lady said that she had to have part of her intestinal tract removed. She was now using a bag. And she wanted to talk about the fact that it, although it's certainly not something that is desirable is also not something that ought to make her a pariah. She felt that it was useful to share information about it with others. Okay, stop right there. So, we have this disease called Crohn's disease. For those of you who aren't like totally up on this, doctors give Crohn's disease patients things like prednisone to destroy their immune system and numerous other disease-modifying agents and um, chemicals that are generally not effective, even though we doctors are told to do this, that this is a treatment, and that this will uh, help people. And so generally, medical therapy for Crohn's disease is not effective. And so when this lady says, I hate Crohn's disease, and then she says she's now using a bag, that means that a doctor did surgery on her, cut her open, maybe took out a part of her intestines, and plugged her into a bag where well, she's now disposing of her feces into a bag. In other words, the pill and diets and everything that her doctor prescribed did not work. So what she is saying very clearly is, hey, my therapy was totally ineffective. And just because I received totally ineffective medical therapy and just because I accepted also ineffective therapy of having a bag, people should not make me a social outcast. Guys should still want to date me, for example. Now, you guys out there, you know, dating a lady with a bag that could burst or fall apart and put few feces all over the bed may not be what you were looking forward to, you know, when you start talking to this lady. So, uh, this lady in bid to make herself socially more acceptable, kind of like the way that... uh, gays and blacks have tried to somehow make themselves more socially acceptable and less of an outcast, so this is what she's attempting to do on Facebook. And Dr. Kaplan is saying, wait, wait, stop, 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 not so fast. So let's see if we can not tease through this and understand where Dr. Kaplan might be uh, coming from. Okay. Okay, so, well, I heard this. I got nervous. When I heard this, I got nervous. This is what Dr. Kaplan says. This is where the dinosaur factor comes in. I'm not used to violating privacy, even when the patient, or in the case of younger people, people who can't really consent to do this, start to post. Now, wait. Facebook has strict rules, I want you to know. If you're under 18, you are not welcome. So this lady who posted about her bag was most likely at least 18. All I keep referring to myself as a dinosaur because when I look at the Internet, I am surprised by the types of things that are up there. Who had their drunken binge and who's mad at who in the world of romance and what your ex is up to in terms of their dating life. Now, I just have to pause here. I do not know where Dr. Uh, Kaplan is hanging out on the Internet, but I have not seen any of those entries on Facebook. So, Uh, I suggest Dr. Kaplan take his eyes out of the gutter and uh, maybe he needs to unfriend some of his friends on Facebook but there is no reason why you should see these things on the internet unless you go looking for them so that Dr. Kaplan is reading stuff about drunken binges and people's ex Partners and who's mad, that reflects his Facebook friends and the kind of life he is choosing to lead. And so for him to put this out there as a reflection of other people's poor judgment is unreasonable. It's really a reflection of who he's talking to on Facebook. All right because I have a Facebook account and I've had it for longer than I care to really have it. It's, it's a lot of you know a lot to uh, keep up with. At any rate, there's none of that in my Facebook account, and this is definitely news to me. And so Dr. Kaplan says on and on it goes. Almost everything is fair game. So what's one instance of Crohn's disease? But if a patient were to ask me or you, I'd say, you ought to think hard about this. And so now Dr. Kaplan is projecting, and he's saying, if a patient were to ask you, you would say. And so he's presuming this, like the presumptive close, and telling you what you should say. Okay. First of all, there are people who, for various reasons, might want to use your medical information against you. Oh, you think? You think? What about that electronic medical record at your doctor's office that's available to any lawyer who cares to subpoena it? Huh? Huh? Well, there's a record that's going to be used against you, no question. What about when you go to your doctor's office and say you don't want vaccines and he writes that down in the medical record? Isn't that used against you? Yeah, your medical record is used against you all the time with the assistance of the doctor. And so all of a sudden, this doctor is now going to be concerned that there are people who, for various reasons, might want to use your medical records against you. Of course, chief of which is your doctor who uses your medical record to prescribe deadly drugs. So this is very, as my mother would say, specious. In other words, that's superficial false reasoning appearing to be valid. Okay. People, they might not want to sell you disability insurance. In other words, if they don't sell you disability insurance, then that would impact on the health care system, right? Because when the doctor maims you and then you get disability insurance, and you have disability insurance, that mitigates your ability to collect malpractice insurance. Okay. They may not want to sell you long-term care insurance. They may not want to sell you insurance that will pay doctors in the future. Okay. Or they may not want to hire you because you have a chronic condition. Again, this is a young lady, right? So she's, what, a millennial, maybe a little younger? So there's not any jobs anyway. I mean, I think if you're a young person under 30 and you're still polishing your resume, I think that there may be a better use of your time. Okay, so they may not want to hire you because you have a chronic condition. You could be expensive. Maybe you're going to be out, of, out from work for more days than other people they might hire. And people do look through the Internet. I've seen it happen with college applications. College admissions officers take a peek at what's up there under your name. And if they see things that make them nervous, and it's a competitive situation, they may pick the other person instead of you. So this is really serious fear-mongering. So this is not the real reason it can't be. Because if you have a college application and it's accompanied by an apparent ability to pay, your chances of getting admitted are actually pretty high. And it's unlikely your health condition would even be a factor because that college would expect that your parents would continue their insurance coverage of you. So the college would not consider that as an admission criteria because all the college wants to know is, can you get a loan and will you pay the tuition? They really don't even care if you fill the C, because we'll have them bill whether you show up or not. Okay. Now he's saying... Patients need to understand that information lives on the Internet forever. When they are thinking about putting something up, even if it's just on a whim, they have to realize that it will be there for 10, 15, or 20 years. It may be something they don't care about right now, but maybe later they won't want it to be discovered. So in my view, we've got to exercise judicious caution when it comes to what patients put up on the Internet. If they ask, I would advise them to think twice about what it would look like 10, 15, or 20 years from now if that post were up there. Although I don't want to fall into that dinosaur old-school line of thinking, I do think that there is an opportunity to remind people that not everything is up on the Internet is something they're going to be proud of in the future. I'm Art Kaplan from the Division of Medical Ethics at NYU Langone Medical Center. Thank you for watching. Okay. In this diatribe, Art Kaplan is saying people should not put their personal medical information on the internet, absolutely not, because it might affect their future and the information might become available. The truth of the matter is this information is available to all of the people that the person might want to conceal it from. So if someone's trying to sell you long-term care insurance or disability insurance, they're going to ask for all your old medical records and you're going to sign a release and that they're going to have access to that information. So whether you put it on the Internet or not, they're going to have access to it. So not putting it on the Internet will not keep them from having access to this information. (laughs) So... That's not true, and Dr. Kaplan knows it, okay? If you look at Dr. Kaplan, he looks pretty darn old. You know, he uses the word dinosaur. You look at his picture, You, I leave that to you to say he's the one who used dinosaur. I did not. But every uh, reason he's giving here for keeping a person's information private, for not revealing it on Facebook, is they're all false. They're absolutely false. Um, Maybe people don't want it discovered. Uh, If it's in their medical record, whoever wants to know it will know it. Anyone, um, you know, in a custody battle, the lawyer of your spouse wants to know, reveal your medical records to show that you wouldn't be a fit spouse. They've got your medical records. Um, somebody suing you for misrepresentation on a contract, and they want to get your medical records showing that you were maybe taking drugs that would impair your judgment, they've got access to your medical records. Um, you've been accused of XYZ, ABC crime. The prosecutor wants access to your medical records. They've got access to your medical records. So these medical records are totally accessible. In fact, these medical records are so accessible that just having it in your medical record basically makes it public information. In fact, when I was practicing medicine in the 90s, people would come in to me and they would say, they oh, have a medical complaint or whatever, and oh, by the way, doctor, I committed XYZ, ABC crime. I would tell them up front, excuse me, these records are likely to become public at some point in your life. They will become public. Maybe as a condition of employment, you have to sign a release for your medical records, maybe for disability insurance or whatever. So I am not going to write down what you just told me. So I want you to forgive me if in the future I forget what you just said. I'm not going to write it down because these records will likely become public. He says, well, doctor, you're not going to just give them to somebody. Oh, no, I'm not. But somebody's going to twist your arm and make you sign a piece of paper, and then I have to turn them over. And I know this because I've seen it happen. So I'm not going to write it down in your records. And they'll say, oh, thank you, doctor. And so for our Kaplan to suggest that an individual not reveal something that's already in their medical record because it's going to affect their personal life, is absolutely ridiculous and really uh, destroys his credibility. So what really is going on here? What is going on when they say we don't want patients to post their personal medical business on the Internet? What's going on is when someone says something on Facebook and you're a friend of them, or maybe even know them, and they reveal this medical experience, which ended so awfully, in which they were harmed and mutilated and received no relief. Then so you're like, oh, my God. I, I, I'm not going to doctor for that anymore. Whoa. And even in this particular case, it is a prime case. This lady had Crohn's disease. Her treatment was a failure. She had surgery. The surgery is destroying her life. And she is making this, this, this feeble, feeble attempt but admirable, feeble, but admirable attempt to try and piece her life together, begging her Facebook friends for sympathy and understanding. This is all this poor lady is doing. She has been uh, damaged by these uh, immune-suppressive drugs that didn't work for her Crohn's disease. She has gone through many doctor visits were a total waste of money, and now she's been mutilated and disfigured, and she's carrying this bag And she is trying to simply beg her friends for a little bit of understanding. So for Art Kaplan to criticize her for this is on his end a serious lack of compassion. But this lady is trying to pick up her life after having been mistreated, ineffectively treated, and mutilated by medicine. And what he does not want on Facebook is a flood of these stories. Because if we realize that fewer than 3% of people who receive medical care actually benefit from that care, then we can get 97% of people who've gone to doctors who've got a pretty unfavorable story to tell. And now we have all these people on the internet, these um. On the internet, it's from. So we know then that these stories people put on the internet about their medical experiences are going to be negative. Are going to reflect. Like so, we got the three percent who were benefited. Okay, so even of the ninety-seven percent who were harmed or not improved by their medical care, oh, I would say a good 50% or even 60% of that 97 are going to take a very positive view on this. They're going to say, you know what? My doctor did the best he can. My doctor did the right thing. Things have just not improved as much as I'd hoped, or things have improved, and I attribute this improvement to my doctor. So this is the problem. The problem is, hi, this is Dr. Daniels, and welcome back to Healing with Dr. Daniels. Uh, we're having a very heavy tropical storm here in uh, Panama in the mountains where I live, and so that caused a temporary disconnection. So I'm just going to do a little bit of a review here. So what's really going on with Dr. Kaplan's plea to patients to protect their privacy by not posting their personal medical events on Facebook is his desire not to protect the privacy of the patient, but to protect the privacy of the medical industrial complex itself. The medical industrial complex has paid patients. They have bribed people with adverse outcomes not to speak out. They have um, paid individuals to give glowing accounts of their disease and <laughs> of their uh, encounters with the medical industrial complex. And even though they failed to receive any uh, benefit, as in many heart disease and many arthritis uh, cases, the spokesman, who is supposed to be a legitimate patient, says, oh, I am so glad these drugs are available. Uh, it has slowed my disease. And of course, When you have that type of endorsement from a paid individual and you stack it up against a grassroots, unsolicited comment in Facebook where the person says, this is what happened to me. This is what happened to me. I had this symptom. I went to the doctor. I got this drug. It didn't work. I got that drug. It didn't work. I got another drug. It didn't work. And then another one didn't work. And I felt worse and worse and worse. And then I had surgery and now I'm mutilated. And now no guy will date me. I'm going to write on my Facebook to try and agitate for more rights for people with colostomy bags. I'll tell her what I told someone else. If you have a colostomy bag, then go ahead and date a guy with a colostomy bag. That's pretty much the way that one goes. So uh, pretty soon, if everyone submits the medical industrial (laughs) complex, then uh, there'll be a lot more people with colostomy bags. And pretty soon... Like wheelchair use, it will become much more prevalent and much more the norm. So this is what uh, Dr. Kaplan is tremendously concerned and worried about. He is tremendously concerned and worried that people posting their private experiences on Facebook will have much more credibility with their Facebook group and friends than will the paid spokespeople who were paid propagandists for the drug companies, for the hospitals, uh, uh, for the insurance companies. And so um, if more people like this young lady post on Facebook like this, many people are going to watch this. They're going to read these comments, and they're going to say, whoa, 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 back up. If I get Crohn's disease, I'm not submitting to all that. I'm going to just not even get in, I'm not not even going to get started with that. And so um, this is the danger. This is the sincere danger of people going on Facebook, going on LinkedIn, going on Twitter, and really just telling their story of what happened, of how they were deceived, how they were mutilated, and what happened to them. So let's take a look of some things that might have come to light a little bit sooner if a few more people had posted their personal medical experiences on Facebook or some other social media, pick the social media of your choice. This is um, a breast surgeon challenges the status quo. Now, before she challenged the status quo, she made a lot of money upholding it for 20 years, but let's not even get involved with that. So what uh, we're talking about here is breast cancer. And what this person is saying is, is absolutely uh, shocking, appalling, and uh, atrocious. So let's take a look at this and see how a few patients posting on Facebook could have saved millions of women from being disfigured and not tens of thousands uh, from being killed. And so she's saying this is about breast cancer. To really drive innovation, however, you need a bigger platform. You need to have a population-based focus. The lesson of biology is that one size does not fit all. Here is the punchline. I'm going to read it twice because it's really important. Cancer is not one disease. That's been my observation. And actually, some of what we call cancer is not even cancer. Get this. Some of what we call cancer is not even cancer. Well, golly geez, do you think you should make an apology to those ladies who were mutilated and had their boobs cut off when there was nothing wrong with them? And here she goes on to say, this is another thing, this is another bombshell. I've always had this idea, now people call it precision, precision medicine. Now, we need to look at the word precision and see if this lady knows what she's talking about. So the definition of precision is marked by or adapted for accuracy and exactness, refinement in a measurement, calculation or specification, especially as represented by the number of digits given. So precision is exactness, accuracy, correctness. All right? So this is how she thinks we should reach exactness, accuracy, and correctness. I'm not saying she's wrong. I'm just saying what she's proposing has nothing to do with accuracy, exactness, or correctness. Okay. So, we should treat people for cancer based on biology. Each person has different biology. So, you're not going to get the exact same tumor for everybody. So, no no exactness there. Patient preference. Every patient's going to prefer something different, and their preferences are going to base, be based on all different things, none of which is going to be accurate or precise. And the situation, as in situational ethics, definitely not exact, definitely not accurate and not repeatable. And clinical performance. And so she's calling precision something that is based on factors that are not at all precise. Now, let's take this a step further. If you're going to treat a person based on patient preference, what is patient preference? That means the patient's opinion, the patient's feelings. Well, if you're going to base treatment on a patient's feelings, I'm not saying you should or shouldn't, then can't that patient just ask their neighbor what the neighbor thinks and then do that? Why do they need a doctor with a license just to base treatment on patient preference? If you're basing it on patient preference, how can you, in all honesty, offer the patient an algorithm called the standard of care, even if you give them a choice of three therapies? Well, the patient says, oh, no, 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 no. I want option four. I made up my own option. I want that one. So if you're going to base patient therapy on patient preference and situation, then you throw standard of care right out the window, which, of course, if you're throwing the standard of care out the window, which I'm not saying you should or shouldn't, then what you're throwing out the window is the doctor's body of knowledge. What you're doing is you're making the doctor's body of knowledge irrelevant to the decision-making process. So this person, all they need is their their personal preference and some grasp of their situation to make a decision about treatment, then how can you make vaccines compulsory? In other words, someone can say, uh, based on their preference and their situation, they don't want a vaccine. Someone can say, based on their preference and their situation, they don't want chemotherapy. So this doctor is... Using criteria that contradict her premise that she wants to create precision, which is accurate, precise medicine. It's a contradiction. So she's talking out both sides of her mouth. But again, if patients who had been diagnosed with DCIS, ductal carcinoma in situ, were posting their experiences on Facebook over a period of time, then the fraud would have been uncovered a lot sooner. And so now uh, women are, are confused They're kind of wondering, geez, what should I do with anything? What should I do um, in terms of my doctor's recommendations? And so these are things that would likely have been uh, uncovered a long, long time ago if, people had been sharing their medical information on Facebook. Personally, I think people should share every last bit of their medical information on Facebook and every other uh, public media that they can think of. And not to expose bad doctors. No, not at all. In fact, they don't even need to name names. But what they should do is share this information so others can read it and have a feeling what really to expect. What they could really expect. That is what um, people should do. And that is why people definitely should be sharing their information on public media. And that's exactly why Dr. Kaplan thinks they should not. This type of information in the hands of the public, which is what a person's friends on Facebook are, they include the public, takes away the power from the medical industrial complex. It takes away the power from the insurance companies, takes away the power from the pharmaceutical companies and from their their tools, from their representatives, the doctor, and puts it right where it belongs in the hands of I won't even use the word patient in the hands of the person who may be suffering from a health affliction. So, this is the state of affairs. The desire to protect the patient's privacy? No. It's a desire to protect the privacy of those who write the standard of care. It is the desire to protect their privacy and allow them to continue to give People misleading information, misleading statistics, fear-mongering, and giving them the impression that they actually are going to benefit from uh, the therapy or intervention being proposed. So this uh, sudden cry for the defense of patient privacy is actually uh, self-serving. and. It is not something that is going to serve the interests of the patient because anyone who can harm you with the information from your medical record already has access to it. So uh, Dr. Kaplan's plea is simply a defense for the industry, so the industry will not be exposed, will not be unmasked, uh, one person at a time. Uh, another example of this is my, my daughter injured her knee very bad that she tore, totally tore, her anterior cruciate ligament. At the time she tore it, she, she did not have uh, – she had health insurance. She thought she had health insurance, but her insurance, it turned out, didn't cover anterior cruciate ligament tears. And so she called me to say, hey, Mom, it's only going to be $15,000, I think, to fix this knee, Uh, could you just uh, write me a check? I said, well, I don't have $15,000. I just didn't have it. And so, of course, I was a failure as a mother. I felt really bad. Fast forward three years, her knee is totally healed. Uh, She's running 10 miles. She's doing squats, difficult yoga poses, all this stuff. And all of her friends who at a similar point in time had knee surgery, have uh, arthritis, have painful knees. They can't do anything with their knees, and their life is totally compromised. Now, if everyone had posted on Facebook, oh, I injured my knee, I got knee surgery, and now my knee is ruined. And then, you know, other kids are posting, yeah, I didn't have any money, I couldn't get the surgery, and uh, my knee is doing just great. These types of information coming from verifiable private citizens would literally devastate and wipe out the medical industry. So, it's important to get people to stop sharing their medical experiences on Facebook. I personally think just the opposite. People should be sharing this information. They should be. Uh, they should continue to share their experiences and let uh, their friends on Facebook decide. Um, this is a. Uh, Something that is very important. For people who have this information and they're not going to get it anyplace else. Okay, this chat room is just hopping. <laughs> uh, so, people who are calling in, if you have questions, um, definitely um, click your button there. And let me go check the phone line, see if anybody has questions. Okay. All right, we have a question here. Hi, you're Hello. on the air. Your name and your question? Hello. Hello, doctor? Yes. Yeah. Hi, how are you? Please,
0: so called Puerto Rico.
2: Hi. Dr. Danny. Costa Rica. No, Puerto uh, Rico. Nice. So Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico.
1: Puerto Rico. Okay, great. Well, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I'm always your
2: number one fan here in the island. I'm number one of your fans. Thank you. You know, I, I love what you do because you remember me. I know you come from New York. I grew up in New York. Yeah. And um, and um, I know what's going on with the medical industry and everything, and I'm glad that you are exposing me. And I'm so honored for me to speak to you. I am a Moore, and I'm indigenous. Uh, I've been in the movement with Sulu Nation with a whole lot of people for more than 25 years in New York. So, oh okay. So um yeah um here in Bolinking, so called Puerto Rico. And um I've been listening to you about the different treatment that you have. And right mm-hmm. now I have I have a lot I want you to see I don't know you can call me back or you could email me back. I want you I want mm-hmm. you to see a picture because I have a tumor. I've been diagnosed with cancer right next to the office of the eye. Uh I do not want to give myself no uh, chemo, no radio, because Uh I understand all that nonsense, right? Uh But I want you to have it. Uh Right now, I've been doing fasting. I'm trying to get an alkaline-based diet. And um, the tumor hasn't come down just a little bit. I'm taking high doses of vitamin C, which I'm making my own Uh right now. But I want you to see, uh, as a doctor, prospecter, if you I can send, where I can send you the picture, and you do, or you can call me back, or you can see me on, on Skype, or you can see me on Facebook, or whatever place that you can get me. Okay. A, yeah. A, what
1: you can do is you can opinion. go to VitalityCapsules. Yes. Go to VitalityCapsules.com and you go to the top and just click on Discovery Session. And then oh, okay. and that way you'll be able to uh make a payment and even schedule your, your appointment as well. It's all automatic.
2: You know, but right now you know I don't know how to do this stuff online, how to, you know, all I want you to see is ah. and, write and show, give me an opinion. And I know people don't yeah, you. the
1: only way to do that is, is online. Do you have a um like a um a son or a daughter or a nephew or a niece?
2: Well, I have a whole
1: lot of time, but I don't use credit cards. Yeah, there on, you go. Well, A young relative, no, 20 years or older, they can do it for you. Oh, okay. You've you got to get one of the young, young kids to do it.
2: Oh, I see. I can get you. The only,
1: the only, yeah, the only way to send it is electronic. Because if you try oh, to mail okay. it to me, it would, t- it would take a month.
2: Oh, I see. I just want you to see the, the Mail? Is-
0: Are
1: you on Facebook? Um, not facebook? really i have an account but yeah yeah talk to um to Wagner he'll do it for you
2: oh, okay because my facebook is moreno l base m o r e n o e l b e y that's my facebook and now also my my gmail and my
1: yahoo there's a turpentine group on facebook so post it in the turpentine group and then uh carl Wagner will make sure i get it Oh, Okay. Oh, there's a number. There's a, a so turpentine... the number. No, no, it's on Facebook. You can just go to your Facebook account and go to the Turpentine group. Just like that, Turpentine group. Yeah. Oh, okay,
2: cool. Where, where, where do we pay to get turpentine? You know? <laughs> because I don't get turpentine
1: around here. Yeah. No, no, no. Check with Carl. Carl knows where to get it in in in, uh, in Puerto Rico.
2: Okay, I don't, I've been trying to find around here in Puerto Rico, know what? Do the people do, they're doing it here in Puerto Rico? Huh? Are people doing the temperature treatment here in Puerto Rico? Hello? Hello, doctor. Hello? 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 Dr. Daniel? <clears throat>
0: no la auditoría, la auditoría y como por que y la auditoría Thank you. Hello? Yeah. <laughs>